0: And um, Sox is kind of here, sort of.
1: Yeah. I moved. To- so I'm still a person?
0: So yeah. You- yeah, you're still a person. I'm just wondering, do- does that make Captain Sox the child, or does it make him the, the-, the stepbrother, or does it make him Charlie Shane?
2: Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think i I'll go with the stepbrother. I don't know.
0: I mean, I- I'm the only single one here, but I'm definitely not Charlie Shane. Because I'm not that smooth with the
1: ladies. No, no. You're Australian Charlie Sheen. You're opposite of. You're that unsmooth with the ladies. Uh, that makes sense. <laughs> also, all of that got recorded. And so with that being said now... Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. With the Bruce, the Yank, and Captain Socks. hello future people and you're again listening to getting table with your host he is as unsmooth with the ladies as charlie sheen is smooth with them the bruce that was a long one <laughs> <laughs> yeah. cool. and then joining us by a pool at my expense is, uh the the socks
2: uh, actually i had to move from the pool because they're about ready to do a barbecue so i'm now in the lobby of a hotel at george's expense
1: still at my expense yeah Not mine though, because I don't
0: pay your taxes.
2: No, not yours, Bruce. Just George's.
0: You'd probably enjoy. You'd probably enjoy paying our taxes, though. I I, I buy things from your country that I'm sure pays people's
1: taxes. Fair enough. So the the socks is is a half a person today because he has no video fee because well he's in a hotel lobby and people look at him really funny if he had a computer with a camera and everything just sitting in the lobby just like, and that's Star Wars
2: yeah, exactly
1: <laughs> people look at him funny anyway uh, it's true you're, you're not wrong his wife probably looks at him funny sometimes
0: his kids would, but kids always do that like, everybody's kids, look at them weird
2: yeah, that is absolutely true so,
1: since the three of us are here, should we do this? Newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. So, the first bit of news on the docket shouldn't be a surprise. We're not going to talk about it too much. We're just going to uh, kind of gloss over it real quickly because it shouldn't be a surprise. Um, Games Workshop is coming down on fan-made content. This should not be a surprise because Games Workshop is coming out with a streaming service which means they're making their own content therefore they don't want fans making content because they want to have the only content just like they make the miniatures. They don't want people making miniatures that look like their miniatures.
0: Yeah, I mean, look to some extent I'm surprised that because for those that are not entirely aware This, at least to my mind, came to light specifically because uh, what if the Emperor had a podcast got taken down? Um, And To me, at least, that was the least surprising thing in the world. I'm surprised that it's taken this long because as much as I love that content, it's also something that, quite frankly, gets created by stealing Games Workshop's artwork. Yeah, Uh, it's
1: almost like... um uh i was gonna say red versus blue yes but i they, they did it with Microsoft's but 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 yeah microsoft is like this is amazing keep doing it yeah games workshop is like no we're, we're gonna do this stop so yeah i mean i'm not surprised no it's, it's right. just like anything else look so, there's,
0: there's something to be said for fair, co- fair content or whatever it's, like there is law that protects fair use of people's content yeah, um, but I think it's pretty fair to say that the emperor had a podcast went beyond that. Um, like, I love their content, but it was all created using somebody's IP.
1: Um, yeah. And now that being said, if you want to do that, like with this, with the IP, yeah. If you want to do something like that, and like you know, make sure you do it well enough so that the IP owner is just like we'll pay you to come do this for us. I'm surprised that didn't happen, quite frankly. Um, well, it, it, it happened with a couple of the creators. A couple of them, you know, like, they took their stuff down and said, I've been asked to take this down, but it's because I'm going to be working directly with them now creating this, yeah. so. I think it's fair to say that, and this
0: is just my opinion, that but I suspect that the reason that Games Workshop probably didn't grab those guys is because everything that they did was very much having a go at Games workshops law yeah.
2: um
0: it was also very adult entertainment orientated as well which i don't think that they would have appreciated um and like it was copy and pasting and it was like it was a south Park animation style i, I don't think it's something that would have flied very well on their network i don't know I'm, I'm kind of grasping for straws at that one but it's it's something that a lot of people are talking about um, I suspect that there's probably some people listening that are surprised they're not jumping on the let's avoid Games Workshop forever bandwagon but quite frankly if you weren't already on that bandwagon there's a lot of reasons that people choose to avoid Games Workshop I don't think this is really one of them they're just protecting yeah. IP I'm
2: one of them I have yep. Games Workshop at all in know well, right my gaming you. history
1: what? That doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> You're a person.
0: No. Um. It, it's more like there, there are people that are getting up in arms over prices. Uh, that that's us. Uh, there are people that are getting uh, getting up in arms over the fact that they killed Warhammer and then replaced it with Age of Sigma. That's the children. Um, that was me, actually. Yeah, you're playing Age your Sigma now, so you, you betrayed you betrayed the the real people according to them. Nobody else is a real person unless you're one of now them.
2: Now bringing back Old World, which is what Fantasy 2.0 Initiates?
0: Pretty much. Um, do you have thoughts on Old World? Given that we've just brought it up, I, I know that we you missed that episode, but
1: um, are you excited for it or not really? Or I don't know. I'd have to see like when Sigma first came out, I poo pooed really hard because there's no point values. It's just like throw stuff on the table and play. Well, that's not going to lead to balanced, fair games. Then they added a point system, and it's like, okay, this is a little more fun. This has it still has that fantasy feel where there's range, but there's still melee versus like 40k, where it's like everything is range. Yeah, and there's no and so to me, I thought Sigmar was better for that format, because it was more about shooting melee versus everything can shoot and then stuff can fight when it gets close. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it, it, I, I'm I'm just kind of glossing over this real quick. Um, a lot ever... of people are going to be mad, because I know people went through and they swapped from square bases to round bases, and then if they want to get back into the rank and file, it's like, well, don't have to change my bases again. That's... Yeah.
0: I don't really have a problem with that. I mean, I'm I'm not interested in it, but I don't have a
1: problem with it. Uh, well, and so for me, like it's 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 what what army do you have? Fire slayers, totally skirmish. You know, no rank and file. Actual like old school dwarves wearing like head to toe plate. You know, you can see a beard peeking out, and that's it. They are rank and file all day long. Some of the humans rank and file. Orcs totally skirmish. Depends on the army. Yeah. yeah. I'll have, to, I'll have to see the rules. Um, Moving on, rules. Yeah. you know Games Workshop
0: like to collect all of their old sprues and then create two characters and pretend that it's a box set? Well, they're doing that this what? week, but they're doing it for Thousand Suns and Grey Knights.
1: Wait, it's not Thousand Suns and Space Wolves? Because that's what the box sets should be. No, but they've already released Space Wolves, so... Yeah, with Stupid orcs, they should have done it with, you know, Thousand Suns because... Thousand Suns, Space Wolves, that's kind of the thing. Yeah. Way to screw that up, Games Workshop. <laughs> Don't you know your own intellectual property? Jeez. Um. So you've got Grey Knights,
0: which are Grey Knights. All of these models are very old now. Um, the hero of the model is... Uh, what are they calling him? Uh, Castel Crow. It's a new hero model. Uh, you get, I think, one of the best looking mechs in 40k in my opinion um that knight is just like the nemesis knight is just gorgeous in my opinion um, yeah. despite the fact that it's grey knights and i really could not say enough negative things about the grey knights uh, and then you have the thousand suns which are all gorgeous models and if you disagree with that then your eyes need to be replaced a Thousand Suns models are all gorgeous, um, and their hero is called the Incredible Infernal Master, in what feels like it was named by a three-year-old.
1: Oh, and a side note, if you don't have a box on pre-order, well, apparently you can't look at the boxes anymore because they're gone.
0: Yeah, and if you're in Australia, good luck buying anything right now, quite frankly.
1: Yeah, hasn't the world kind of like pariahed you and like you know? Uh,
0: the local warehouse has completely been shut down for over two weeks at this point. Uh, well, oh no, anyway, like... sorry, it will be over two weeks by the time that they reopen.
1: Well, and, and flights are getting cancelled and all this other crap for oh, no. getting into in in and out of
0: Australia. Yeah, um, this of course means that you're getting a new codex for the Grey Knights and a new codex for the Thousand Suns. Uh, very pretty artwork and a collector's edition that's completely pointless again um you're also getting t-shirts which surprises me like se- seriously there's
1: t-shirts i i'm very yeah. surprised way. No, th- um as though nerds don't need enough clothing to wear to get beat up in public i mean <laughs> not shower i mean it's um, I, I, it I, is more
2: I'll than be
0: they've kind of gone into the realm of Paying other people to make them t-shirts occasionally. But they've never done it themselves, and I've never understood why. Like, there's so much artwork that they could make money with. Oh, yeah. Like, they don't pay their artists much. It's not like they couldn't just exploit their art more.
1: (laughs) Um... Going going back real real quick uh, above the t-shirts. Yeah, um, I do love, and I mean love, that color combination for the Thousand Suns dice. I agree. It's it really stands out too. It is. It's such a great contrast. In my opinion, the only way it gets better in Steph Pips if you have numbers. I like numbers better than pips. Some people like pips better than numbers. That's personal choice. But if those were numbers. In, I would be all all in love with those dice even more. Nice. The, the Grey Knights dice? Meh. Like, wh- what about the, the, the logo? That's the only thing that says Grey Knights about them. Those are your run of the mill, off bluish grey dice with white markings. Ooh. I'm just I'm trying to figure out why I the
0: silvery color is so bright. Shouldn't it be a dark, gungy looking? Like, Grey Knights is all like dark gun metal.
1: Why are they yeah. looking
0: like it's chrome?
1: Right? See, look. This? That's a better Grey Knight's dice. Yeah. Um, the Thousand Suns color scheme di- for the dice. It's it's spot on. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Um, Alright, I'm bored with uh, Games Workshop. What should we talk about now? Um, we should probably talk about... Uh, maybe the future
0: of miniature casting. Now... I shared this video with you guys last weekend and said that you had to watch it. George, I'm guessing that you haven't watched it because you don't listen to anything to say. What? What was that, Bruce? Exactly. Have you watched the video, Captain Sox?
2: I watched part of it, and I think it's a cool idea of being able to have molds within your warehouse and print hundreds and hundreds right there.
0: So, CO Cast is probably... I think it's fair to say that they were the star of the show at UK Games Expo. I mean, as much as manufacturing is boring. um, Last week, there was an announcement from Infinity that Infinity are going to start using plastic on some of their castings. This is coming from a company that a year or two ago said that they would never move away from metal unless there was a way that they could do it to uphold the quality of their miniatures. Uh, I want to make that very clear. They did not say that they would never do it. They was, they said they would never do it unless da 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 da. Um, I think this technology yeah, is it, the way to do it. On that a few times now.
1: Yeah. So just just cruising through that video real quick. Uh, it's brilliant. Um, yeah. the, the the fact that you know the, the the only limitation is the molds. After that, it's just a tiny little machine that can sit in the corner and just sit there and. Pump out. Pump out.
0: Yeah.
1: the molds can be up to 40 like the parts can be up to 40 mil
0: thick that's your limitation at this stage it's also worth noting that this is also just the first version of it um or at least the first version of it that's been shown to the public um it's kind of like the mold system uses something very similar to spin casting except it doesn't spin um there's no spinning part to it for those that are, haven't seen, like, you've got a mould. It's a two-piece mould that you put together. You put it in the machine. The machine comes down, and it pumps the plastic into it in a matter of seconds. It like It's about a minute that the mould is in the machine. You can then take it out, and it's cool enough that you can touch the mould with your hands and set it aside. You can then put a new one in, press the recipe for whatever the new one is, and go. If you're a small business that's making miniatures, this is... A complete game-changer. You can't cast metal miniatures this quickly. Um, oh, absolutely not. It's not I don't hard think plastic, it's thermoplastic. So it's it's not quite the hard plastic that you're getting from Games Workshop, but I, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad
1: thing. I don't know if it works with plastic cement or not. Um, so... All, all I have to say is, is does anyone remember, like, the very, very, very first 3D printers? Yeah. And when I say, I'm talking, like, 2004, 2005 3D printers, they were crap. Oh, yeah. And now, look, so if this is the first one, give them 10 years and imagine what they'll be able to do. No
0: idea what sort of cost the machine is. I suspect that it's high, um,
1: but this... But with no shadow of a doubt, this could completely change everything. Well, I'm going to harken back again to 3D printers. So the company I worked for, we had a 3D printer. It was a big, massive thing. It was four feet tall. It was three feet you know, square. It was $15,000. Yeah. And it had a printing area about this big. Yeah, and now it has a printing area like this big. And only... Or oh, like a hundred on your shelf. Yeah. Yeah. So, so no, near to your workplace. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, like I said, there's also like 2004, yeah. So,
2: yeah, uh, I, I have to agree with you, George. Give them oh. 10 years when the technology improves a whole lot, and oh. we, we could oh. have our own oh. versions as hobbyists. That was I the mean, first
0: thing that went into my head, honestly. Is how much is this? How much do I have to save?
2: Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> I mean, we've got so many print files for 3D printing right now. Companies may do this for their own IP stuff or, you know, do you design your own molds and print stuff on your own?
1: Whoa. Yeah, here, here, here's here's a thought, right? So uh uh what, what's his name with Bot Wars there, Bruce? You would be talking about the man I was talking to last night, Anthony Maller. Yeah, what if Anthony were just to be like, here, I'm going to sell you a mold. Go print your own army. That's a possibility.
0: We'll Run, be get, get, on
1: him it, a little later because I just added it in much so, yeah, because, so so here's a couple things, this is, I, this just, like, jumped into my mind, like, oh, I'm going to be that crazy guy from, like, Always Sunny. Um, if you send the mold, the mold is, like, this big, you know, that could be, like, you know, an express saver box, you know, ship it around the world, no, no big deal, right? And then you can just crank it out at your place, and you don't have to spend, you know, a small fortune in shipping an actual army from wherever to build and put it together. Mm. Or, or, in the case of Games Workshop, instead of, you know, having one major manufacturing plant that pumps all this out, you shrink that down, you put multiple across the world, and guess what? Now you don't have so much logistic to deal with, because it can be made, packaged, and shipped from the country it's going to be sold in.
0: I'm just wondering if George wants me to correct him on how many factories they have. Because they haven't, they've got stuff coming out of China, and they have had it for a while.
1: Do they have one in Australia? No something like this to, to where it's a smaller for more affordable form factor even for a larger company like games workshop there's no reason why they couldn't have 50 molds sitting on a shelf with 10 these machine and and having like five guys pushing buttons all day yeah and then guess what no international freight to get it across the ocean into australia i will say this
0: much during the interview the gentleman says that they have a number of people already signed up some of which they can talk about Corbus Belly. And some of which they cannot. Another one of the companies that shop. they mentioned is the people that do Judgment. Um, which is a game that we spoke about a little while ago. A guy based in Sydney, uh, that does a game that you felt was very similar to Fantasy but ba- um Super Fantasy Battle. They had the giant orc minis and stuff. Mm, okay. Um but there are also sorry, what was that socks?
2: Don't forget Bruce, and then I'll I'll say what I'm saying.
0: Um they he also stated that there were companies that had signed contracts that they cannot speak about and Games Workshop my first thought was oh gee i wonder who that would be because i'd be very surprised if games workshop aren't already on this uh we haven't seen it implemented but i suspect it's just a matter of time before we do
2: uh, point, George, having smaller print shops or a specialized company that that's all they do for four or five different companies and all they have is the molds and they just print out box it all up send it out from their uh, local locations uh, uh the I, mean, world.
0: I can't. i mean just, just that somebody that we know has discussed that they were over having a look at this um i will leave it open as to who we're talking about but it's probably fairly obvious who i'm talking about
1: yeah well, it, it, j- just, you know, w- with the worldwide nature of these games, one of the biggest things is getting them into the hands of the fans and the people that play them. Yes, if yes, you yes, can yes. shrink the footprint of manufacturing and have more manufacturing, it's easier to, and it's cheaper then.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, and, and they, they, right now, we're having such a big logistical nightmare in shipping because shipping is getting more and more expensive. Uh, people don't realize that that's why prices are going up around the world for not just that's our right. hobby stuff, but that, everything. The,
0: everything. The price of metal is skyrocketing.
2: Yeah, and so if they're able to print in a few locations in the U.S., we could see TT Combat stuff here. We could see Warlord Games here, real easy. That primarily ships from the U.K. So yeah,
0: this like I know I said this a lot. Like, this is a complete game changer. Like, this is potentially going to change everything um and especially like like there'll be new versions of these machines and so forth that will get probably smaller or larger i suspect it's more that they will get larger as opposed to footprint being smaller um because they will get it where they can make larger parts and so forth um, of that machine is pretty small as it is oh yeah i would love to i actually looked at their website there's no the website doesn't quote prices on it uh which is not unusual for manufacturing stuff um it's one of those that kind of like how a lot of laser cutting mach- machine companies are like contact us and we will let you know what it costs yeah um which is fine i'm i'm not having a go over that it's fairly common in manufacturing D- t- typically if you have to ask you can't afford yes. it yes yeah um but i mean I-, I would be surprised if we're not talking hundreds of thousands at this point for a machine of that complexity um there's wood turning machines that are that are at least that so I would expect that this is going to be quite pricey. Yeah. Shall we move into some exciting Star Wars stuff and then talk about some uh, so exciting. commercial stuff?
2: So, this, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Atomic Mass Games released, uh, actually last week, I should say, Atomic Mass Games. We've been knowing these units have been coming out for a while, so they released some new pictures of the. Uh, IG-100 Magna Guards, those are pretty much the, the little bodyguards that General Grievous has uh, in Episode 3, with the little uh, saber-staff sticks. Um, so people are getting excited for those. I'm kind of getting excited for those, because I have a, a droid army. Uh, so, looking forward to that. And then the droids, are also getting a new tactical commander, super tactical droid. It's going to be a new commander version for their droid army. So, I'm, okay, I'm excited. Right,
0: su- right, for some reason.
2: Yeah. And then um, they announced uh, some Battle of Kashyyyk uh, upgrade or expansions earlier, and then they just everybody has been 3D printing their own uh, DSD1 Dwarf Spider Droids. Well, they're actually finally releasing that on their own, uh, and so no more 3D printing unless you still want to do 3D printing. So I'm looking forward to those little things. And then the last, one, I'd like to go for it, Bruce.
1: I'd like to point out, Bruce uh, spoke wrong because it's got three y's not two
2: well oh, yeah for, for, that may be me that was typing anyways i'm so very
1: confused what has three
2: kashik kashik
1: it's spelled with two y's not three oh, no, that's forgot a that y. Sucks. Socks. socks
2: that was me sorry disappointed. <laughs> sorry sorry Legion fans uh and then the last yeah, one so
0: like, it's me it's, it's, it's almost always me
2: it does always, always produce. Uh They got like a NAS uh, which is a Wookiee little flyer uh, machine that has Wookies flying around in it. So we'll be seeing these. They're saying release date is October 1st. Um, so a couple more months, we'll see these on the shelves. Uh, hopefully, I'll have some stuff unpacked. I should have stuff unpacked by then that I can get into some more hobby stuff. Uh,
0: but, don't
2: pass through my Gungans, so I don't have to buy into Star Wars Legion. Well, in a sense... You
1: so love the Gungans.
2: I know that, but so you make a good point, though, Bruce, because they actually have a Wookiee commander coming out. They have a new set of Wookiees, uh, Wookiee warriors coming out. They now have this type of support unit for the Wookiees, and I think they have another one. And so, in a sense, you almost have a, a sub-faction within the Galactic Republic army that you can get. Because you can kind of build your own Wookiee war army, and so why not well, have another is. subfaction of Gungans or or whatever? So
0: I'm also kind of waiting for Ewoks to happen.
2: Yeah, you could almost do
0: that, that too. That'll happen before Gungans do, though. I
2: I I have to agree. So
1: George doesn't like this idea.
2: No, I know it doesn't.
1: <laughs> do, you do you not, not like the Gungans? army of Gungans? Ewoks are better than Gungans, but Ewoks were just a a terrible, like, haphazard. I mean, the Gungans, at least, were, like, intentional. Ewoks were an accidental, like, okay, to do this on budget, we'll cut Wookiees in half. They're happy. Okay,
2: let's
1: go.
0: Come on. Ewoks got two movies of their very own. I mean, they were were terrible, but they got two movies of their very own. They're totally a real thing.
2: Mm.
0: They're Care Bears, but with less color
2: yeah pretty much
0: <laughs> less care
2: yeah let's care
0: oh, on more touchy news now for those that are preparing to shout about what we're already what we're about to talk about at it first before you shout as so... many have released the very last of the original creators behind star wars Legion
2: not just Star Wars Legion, but he was a lead designer for, or he helped with the design of Armada and X-Wing after their guys kind of got canned with the transfer from Fantasy Flight to uh, AMG, and that all that transfer only took place seven, eight months ago, and so people are starting to wonder what's happening with the game when they actually did the mini extravaganza uh, back in March. Some of the guys that were playing, playing from what I've done my own research too uh, some of the guys that were playing X-Wing during the mini extravaganza that was their first time playing X-Wing and now they've hired new designers to, that work, that the fan base is now wondering if that's going to be who's going to be designing these games from here on out people that have, yeah. haven't really played the game at all um, and don't know any of the history between rule changes and point changes and, and so on and so on and so, yeah, the Star Wars community out whole, I should say, is all of an uproar right now about what's happening with all three of their games. Yeah, I think, now, I mean, in a way, I think this is worse than TT Combat, because they kept Dave, who's been there since the beginning. Yes, he's doing most of the design for the models themselves, but they're actually able to go back to him and say, hey, what about this rule?
1: Well, well the, heart, the heart of the company over there was always kept. Yes. Yeah. So, 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 and there, there's two major differences though in that socks, and one is when TT Combat absorbed Dave and Hawk and everything, they had they were absorbing an intellectual property that Dave and his team had been working on and creating for the last however many years. I agree. Atomic Math Games absorbed the Star Wars game. A majority of the people probably working on this stuff weren't even born when the first movie was released. Yeah. Well, yeah so I mean it's, it's not an intellectual property they create it's an intellectual property that they have manipulated into a game not a game that they you know designed everything for yeah. so the, so AMG is probably looking at it like you know we can go get some designer to do this and then we have full total control and we don't have this outsider we had to bring in to continue it going for a while now that's um, how I would call it. yeah uh, I
0: As always, the internet has been very understanding and very patient and have not jumped to any conclusions whatsoever. Um, So everybody's been kind of very patiently waiting to see what happens. No, that's definitely not what's happened. Atomic Mass Games have been flooded with abuse over this. Um, But to kind of level things out, I kind of want to go through... I've brought it up on the screen what he has actually said. He started with the very obvious, I'm no longer with Atomic Mass Games and he's no longer working on WYZ Games. He specifically touches on the fact that he still has former colleagues at Atomic Mass Games that he values very highly and that he wants to see succeed. Yes. But none of anything that he said here feels um, bitter or angry. We can definitely confirm that none of this was his choice. He was let go. He did not ask to quit. There was a question about that at one point within the community. Um, he, he goes on to talk about how, how proud he was of working on the franchise and so on and so forth, and how much he loves the community and the respect to their work. Um, what appears to have happened, and Captain Socks has tried to look into this and couldn't find a specific answer. Correct me if I'm wrong, Socks. But... It appears that it's as that made this call and not AMG directly.
2: Um, that myself, but that's kind of where I'm leaning towards too. Is is as Modi kind of wanted some change with the, the company it that itself?
0: Politically motivated. This appears to have been that they've let someone go because they don't need X, Y, Z number of designers on the teams. I mean, someone well, like you- create helping create one of the market's most popular games is going to fall on it. There's no way he's not going to be snapped up by
2: somebody. The the thing is, is he was the only one out of the Star Wars line that got pulled over from the transfer. None of the other designers got pulled over. He was the only one initially. Simone, there's another lady who's one of the lead production designer designers, but she's kind of running AMG now. She was working for Fantasy Flight. They moved her over, could kind of be the head department lead for AMG altogether for Marvel and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But Luke was the only designer pulled over out of the mini handful that, that and now he's been gone after seven or eight months. And and reason why i have my reservations about what's going on with the game is as you go to their website and and what do you see primarily on their on their page bruce you you look at it all the time marvel exactly you you don't see a single picture or anything on their main page about star wars legion the only thing you can find about star wars legion is you go into their faq about organized play that's the only thing you see about any of the star wars line stuff
0: that Um, is you can still find the original announcement for when they were taking it over.
2: Bingo. That's the only two things you're seeing on their on their main website for any of the Star Wars games.
0: The Atomic Mass Games website needs to be updated quite severely, I think.
2: Both had um, seven to eight rather, months to do that.
0: Oh, I'm not arguing with you on that. Um, because, like, you go to something like the gallery and it still opens up exactly the same page that it always did. It should, in theory, open up a page that's like, do you want to look at Marvel or do you want to look at Star Wars? And it just doesn't yes. do that um there's definitely been i would argue some very severe oversights in that matter Uh, i mean you could argue how important a website is um i mean there's more on their facebook page than you'll find on their on their website i I almost don't look at their website anymore um, because it's so pointless Um,
2: and and the stuff that they announced last week is stuff that Fantasy Flight was working on before the merger, and so some of the stuff that we're still going to be seeing in the next little while in terms of upgrades to, and uh, uh, announcements was stuff that was already in the pipeline for fan- from Fantasy Flight's head leading the leading that uh, production team. Yeah. So I don't know what new stuff Fantasy or AMG has worked on in the last seven to eight months, or if they've just kind of been trying to get their designers that they've now hired to kind of take the lead in the f- for the future. Who knows.
0: I I can't help but kind of feel, and I could be off on this, but I can't help but feel that when this decision was made by Asmodee and Luke was brought across to work for AMG, I can't help but feel that maybe Asmodee always planned to do this, and it's just a question of whether he was ever told that. Um, There's no way of knowing from any of this. Um, It could have always been the plan that there's a point of transition um, because of that, we want to give X amount of months for you to help get things across before we'll let you go. Um, that's me guessing. I can't base that on any fact. It just feels that that's where the cards seem to have lined up a little bit. I
2: agree too, because people, I think people have reached out to, to Luke, and he actually has never moved from Minneapolis to Washington. Um, I know Kobe kind of put a, a hamper on that stuff of, of trying to move people around. Yeah, but he had not he had not physically moved from Minneapolis to Seattle or wherever AMG is at. But after seven to eight months, going back to your point, it kind of almost feels like AMG had kind of this in the back burner of what they had planned because yeah. things had settled down a little bit, that people were able to move around the country here a little bit, and now. He's not going to be where the main headquarters of AMG is at.
0: I suspect that part of this is going to be cost-cutting, too. Because, let's be fair, COVID has affected the bottom line of a lot of large companies. Yep. Um, Asmodee are no different. Um, are they dangerously losing money? No. If anything, they're probably making more money. But that's not the way that most large companies see things like this. Um, it, it's a very negative thing. I still don't think it's fair to be attacking... AMG over any of this. Um, none of what Lucas said feels like he's well, it doesn't feel like it was an AMG decision, but anything that he said. Um, he, he kind of goes out of his way to try to say positive things about that yes. part of the organization. It feels very like this has just been the politics of what's happened at the top. Um I'm I'm not surprised that the internet won after AMG. I mean some people have just been looking for excuses to do that for a while. Um, and it's, let's be honest, it's first reaction. Grr, take that People did exactly the same thing with TT Combat, um, fairly or unfairly. Uh, it's kind of something that happens on the internet all the time. Yeah. Hence my joke about how fair and understanding the internet is and very patient. And they don't definitely attack things without looking into them first. So yeah, um... We did try very, very hard to try to look into this as deeply as we could. Um, there's not a lot it, out there at the moment, and I suspect there is
1: before we know everything. Yep. Any thoughts, George? Nope. I mean, it is what it is. You know, having heard that last point where, you know, he hadn't moved to where the headquarters is at, yeah. that probably has a bit to do with it too. Because, I mean, th- there's some companies, you know, with COVID, they're like, you know, people moved, you know, like, to where it was more affordable, less people. You know, no one wants to live in a city of you know millions of people when you know there's a contagious disease floating around. They want to go live where I live, where there's no people. Oh, but cost of living's different, so we're gonna pay you differently. But you can work remotely, or yeah. no, you have to be in the office, so you have to move back. And people are like, yeah, no. So, and that could have been a thing of like, you need to start coming in the office, and no, I like it here. Okay, well you're not working for us anymore. You know, that that could be a huge part of it, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um moving on, we kind
0: of touch on this every year uh, very briefly when it happens, but the Great War Gaming Survey is back up again by Wargame Soldier and Strategy magazine. This is the big survey that they do every year to try to track what's happening in the actual hobby. Um so they try to track like how the demographic of the ages is going, what people are finding interesting. It's its a giant survey about trying to see where the market of the industry is going. It, it's something I would argue is very important. The results of this always get published publicly. Um, it's not just a magazine that kind of collects things and is like, oh, yes, this is all our information. Um, it does get shared publicly and actually published properly. Um, mm-hmm. If and it you takes like have minutes to thoughts out. that maybe you don't feel like the industry concentrates on you enough, you need to be doing this. I already have done this.
1: I, I just did it in, like, three minutes, so...
0: it's Yeah, it is very quick, actually. Um, next? Yeah. um, Next, we have, like, we're talking about dystopian wars. This never seems to happen. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how this came out of nowhere. There's a new Battlefleet starter set that's coming out. Uh, this one's called the iron sorry the ice maiden battle fleet set uh this you almost said iron maiden didn't you sorry i wanted iron maiden Maiden, didn't you yeah um so this comes with a giant aircraft carrier looking thing uh that makes the big ships look tiny um this actually feels like it's actually a battle fleet in a box uh, this thing this is a much larger set than the previous ones we've looked at pre- beforehand. Um, the Ice Maiden looks gorgeous to the point where it's a ship that seems to have been built inside of an iceberg, um, which is just very fantasy. I kind of love the idea of that. Um, yeah, all very, very pretty. A couple of different ways that you can build it because you can build it so that it's so that it's got the missiles and stuff and then you can build it so that it's yeah there's a couple of different ways of doing it um you've also you've got turrets there as well is what i meant to say your smaller cruisers are still kind of cool it's um very much themed around a certain organization from the 30s and 40s uh, because well of course it is The name like the ice maiden i'm not sure anybody would be surprised about that
1: um, I kind of really like this. I, I like the fact that, you know, it literally looks like a fleet in the box. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, and I'll even go as far to say, and, and, and there is a significant price difference, but this is more fleet in the box than some of the drop fleet boxes, I think.
0: Yeah. To be fair, most of the drop fleet boxes are a couple of years old at this point. And yeah. And probably need to be relooked at. Um but that's not exactly new news they've known that for a while um and it's yeah, a it's,
1: it's a...
0: actually that's a good point yeah no, this it is actually a more expensive kit, so this is a battle it doesn't just look like it it is a battle fleet in the box,
1: yeah, but I mean for the price eighty five pounds we're looking at a hundred bucks yeah for, for a lot of these games, a hundred bucks is is a good price point because. You know, anything more than that, and people start to get like, you know, you know, pull their wallets back. Like, oh, no, yeah, hundred bucks or people are like, yeah, just that, and then they're back two weeks later, like, oh, I need this, you know, you know, it's
2: and then it adds up,
1: and then it adds up, yeah. But to, to have a good initial, like, right at a hundred bucks, I, I think is a great thing. I mean, and I and, and I think that's part of the reason why you know, you know, uh Drop Fleet and Drop Zone had so much initial success when the games were released was you could buy that one box and you could start playing a game with that one box. Yeah. Games where you can buy that one box and start playing a game. It's so one, much better one than I keep
0: on getting stuck into it. Uh, yeah. that's, that's Bushido. That's Wild West Exodus. That's Malifaux. That's Drop Fleet. It's Drop Zone. It's, like anything that we, you can buy... And you can't really do it with Age of Sigmar 40k. I mean, you can, but it's not really how it's supposed to be played. And you know that the moment you start trying. Um, Because they didn't design it. They
1: didn't design the games to play games. They designed it. When they they first released uh, the first Age of Sigmar box, and it was Chaos versus the Stormcast Eternals. Yep. And it looked very much like, you know... Oh, this is an actual you buy the box and you have two armies and you can play. But people were quickly, to you deal know, like after they figuring out everything, it's just like the Stormcast win a majority of the time. And then when they finally went and released points, it was just like, oh, it's because there's like 20 more points of Stormcast Eternals yeah. than there is of Chaos. Chaos is outnumber you know
0: to be fair the games Build- workshop have always done that
1: they, they have a workshop that.
0: box sets have ever been balanced um i don't think they pretend to balance them i could be wrong on that but it just certainly doesn't feel like they've ever tried yeah
1: well and, and at that time you know they wanted they wanted people to buy stormcast because that was the new thing you know yeah but 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 this right here you know 85 pounds like you know 90 hundred bucks you can play a game with that box and and i would bet based off the scale of this game it's going to be like your drop fleet drop zones your malfo the point values of the boxes are going to be pretty darn close yeah i remember when drop first came out you know everyone could get their their box that had three cruisers and four frigates and you could pretty much build an equal pointed army across the board regardless of the faction yeah
0: um, Speaking from Wild West Exodus experience, um, the starter boxes for that weren't all fully balanced with each other after a while. Um, Initially, they were kind of released that way, but as rules changed and editions got updated, they kind of unbalanced after a while when they realised that things were more powerful uh, than they realised. Because, obviously, as something appears to be more powerful, you update the rules. But the box set that you're already released is already released, so... There's a couple of box sets that kind of creeped up to becoming worth more points-wise after a while, um, but it still felt like it was fun and that you could be competitive with each other, balance or no balance. Like I had a set that was kind of down on the bottom, and I could still have a go. I didn't win, but I could still at least challenge that that other box set, even though it was now worth something silly more um but that wasn't because it got released without thought it was because things got updated over time which is not the same argument
2: they had a much larger player base than just their handful of playtesters.
0: yeah and a- as opposed to and i'm going to quote justin for this because it's a comment he made last night during our discussion with anthony um when was the last time that you saw games workshop releasing an army that didn't win like just outright win whatever battle reports and everything they were doing that month. But then not do, the game's workshop. do not even pretend not to do the power creep. It's quite very blatantly obvious.
1: Well, they do that for the metagamers. Cause as soon as that happens, the metagamers are going to go out and drop a thousand dollars, build the army to go to tournaments with. Yeah. And then three months they'll do the same thing again. And then the metagamers will go out and drop a thousand dollars on a new army. Yeah. That's my point. Next. Yeah. Um, Th- this th- these images are hurting my head a little bit. What, Sarah from Night Ones? Yes. Why? They're hurting my head a little bit because mm-hmm. I see blood angels icon icon, icon-, icon- I- I- iconography iconography I- I- iconology. Yeah but they're painted like dark angels. <laughs> I I'm, I'm
0: confused as to why you're finding this confused. We've already watched the video that this was hinting at. This is a follow-up news article.
2: Okay, I was going to say uh, I think I've seen these before.
0: Yes. So these are the seraphim knights that Kromlank teased back in July that was coming in August. They have actually officially gone onto their website. Oh, um, I'm going to bring okay. up the bodies specifically myself just because it gives you an idea of What they look like so this is what george was kind of referring to it's kind of it's very much blood angel iconography especially like there's this one in the top left hand corner that's just it's just the blood angel symbol uh my favorite is still this body where it's kind of like half sinewy like it's replicated muscle on the actual armor i love that particular body uh i do like the one that's definitely not sanguineous uh it's totally not sanguineous there on the armor uh, even though it totally is sanguineous. I, I do like that, but this sinewy like, is definitely my favorite.
1: Like, like I said, this hurts my head because the icons are, are blood angels, but it looks like dark angels with the robes and the colors and it's like, my head, no. It's not meant to like process like that. Blood angels are red, not green. Ow, make it stop. It's a very funny looking um, green
0: that you're looking at there, given
2: that it's black. I was going to say, which more grey to me. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm sure if we break down the HTML color code, we can put it on a color wheel and see where it most closely fits. in. i I can see the argument of if it's a gray. I think I think it's more of a though. Well, I don't know. I also have a weird light like right here in my face. that's like also you know probably screwing with my my eyesight a little bit. Also, it's
2: old, so
1: the that's one of the it goes. It's gray. Yes, it's gray. You're wrong, George. Is it? Is it? Let me let me get up here real quick and look. I don't know. They look like they have a green hue to
2: them. <laughs> maybe a slight green hue, but not by much.
0: I don't see any green at all. It might just be that you're good. Maybe your monitor, you know how some monitors have weird color shifts? It could be that your monitor just shows them a little differently, maybe.
1: Or it, it could just be a trick of the eye, too, of I've seen the robes with that shade, and my eye is automatically saying that's a green because that's what that, that looks like a dark angel, and that's what dark angels look like. Are you colored oh, by I- dirt, George? No, I'm not. <laughs> My, the MLS I had, I was uh, I could not be colorblind with the MLS I had. Get so me up time wires.
0: Yeah. Um so one of the questions that we had initially when we first looked at these is that like how close was it cuz we've been critical of a few people that had kind of um just been out- ripping off things as opposed to making their own version I-, I kind of feel that this is a nice balance there's definitely parts that it's like no this is just a marine arm but it kind of needs to be if you're making alternate parts um the heads i feel are different enough that you could field them these heads are amazing um oh, uh, i'm a huge fan me... of the bodies but i suspect the... that you'll get very very samey very quickly
1: the the helmet heads i should say are amazing i think
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm not building Blood Angels anymore. Uh, I could be tempted into buying some of these parts to make the hero that I want to do, because for those that didn't follow that episode, um, I sold my Blood Angels, and I'm going to finish doing my heroes, and that's as far as I'm going, um, because I'm just not interested in playing. So I may one day buy some of the parts for that, but it's... No, I don't know either. I really like these. There's not enough people doing alternate Blood Angel stuff. Um, Yeah, I thought that was good. And I'm assuming that George... I'm assuming that you wanted to talk about Dragon Eye Dice? That's
2: what I posted, though, because no, I've been no. seeing them on my Facebook feed a lot. I you just thought they were cool. Oh, no, they definitely oh. look cool.
0: I just assumed it was George, because oh, no. he's usually
1: the one that's like, Ooh, dice. I yeah, know. I thought it was Bruce, because Bruce is like, I need to find dice at work. <laughs> It doesn't
2: matter that's, where they're from. They just hate me. Yeah, that's true. No, so I've been so like I said, I've, I've been seeing these on my Facebook feed uh, last few weeks. So it's a Kickstarter project called Dragon Eye Dice, uh, and it's a kind of a clear, translucent dice color uh, with a dragon eye looking right at you on the twenty.
1: Yeah.
2: And it's a D. It's a D twenty right. set. So. No, it
1: looks like all the dice have
2: the eyes, right? They yes. all have the eye, but they're all on the top. So whatever highest number is right. on the dice, yeah. that's what the, the dragon eye is. So I just oh, thought they were cool. Yeah. They also
0: seem to have a technology built into them where it guarantees that the eye will always be in the center.
1: That's kind of cool. Um, Bruce, did you see how much one set is? Uh, 50 pounds. 65 pounds. About $91.
2: Yeah, that's the only downside.
1: So... Whether it's technology or not, or they have someone that it's their job to make sure the eye is in a specific place before it's cast. Oh yeah, um, but I don't know why you're asking me this question. I didn't select this news article.
2: <laughs> there's
0: fifty pounds if you want round edges. Five. There's sixty five pounds if you want the diamond edges. Um, depends on whether you prefer sharp dice or
1: not sharp dice. I suppose. Dice. Oh yeah, rounded edge.
2: Now. You want to kill someone when you throw it, or you just want to hurt them?
1: Yeah. Uh, I would go for the uh, diamond edge because if I throw a dice at something, I want it to leave a mark. Um, the only thing I would say is that the
0: rounded edge ones are probably less likely to be damaged when you roll them. That's true. Yeah. Because I believe that these are a resin of some kind by the look of them. These are absolutely gorgeous. Like, there's, there's no question about that at all. They are very, very, very pretty.
1: Pretty enough to get the whole set there for $600, Bruce?
0: I think I'll be okay. I don't need to spend 123 Australian dollars on a set of dice that's still going to hate me as much as all of the rest of them do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Bruce,
1: these are probably even a bigger waste of money for you because in order to see the eye, you have to roll the max value in the dice. i never say it. It's my point. It, it. Can you contact them and be like, "Can I get the eye on the one <laughs> oh, no, so right. that it, when I roll one, I see the eye?" Yeah. And then they'll probably say, "Oh, that's the special line we have for all our Australian customers. One is the eye because they don't roll right on the southern hemisphere." Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm looking at these, and I actually... This doesn't happen very often, but I can't actually decide which version I like the most. Normally, I tend to lean towards the green things, uh, which is not why our logo was green. Um, But um, I don't know. I think I like the white and purple one. I don't know. I'm
2: I'm kind of leaning towards towards the black ones. I
1: was going to say, for me, it's the white dragon or the black dragon. These are very pretty. Oh, but it wouldn't just be a
0: sixty five pounds. It would also cost me fifteen dollars in postage.
2: But if you if so not only to get to the dice, but you get a little dragon egg where they come in to carry and then you get a bag as well. So okay. you're not just paying for the dice. Yeah, you get a little dragon egg in capsule. I
0: completely missed that.
2: You can kinda of see it in the boxes, especially on the oh, white yeah. one. What's
0: in
1: the background? Uh ah, yep. I thought that was just a decoration.
2: No, you actually get a little dragon egg capsule. You
1: know, Box includes nine deluxe RPG gaming dice, dragon egg dice box, velvet dice bag. Nice. So that that's that's actually they're, they're still dice. expensive. They're they are still
2: expensive, but that helps bring down the cost but justification a little to, bit.
1: Yeah, to to do the little dice box, that's a dragon egg, and then the actual dice bag because what D and D nerd doesn't have a little bag for their dice? Yep. Th- this th- this is it. It's 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 not a great deal, but it's like you're getting everything you need for the dice. You're getting the box. You're getting the bag. You're getting the dice. They're expensive. Uh, I knew a guy. He had gold, silver, copper, bronze, and there was a fifth one of the metal dice that were like 50 bucks a set. Yeah. And they were tiny, and you could barely read them. But but and they were 50 bucks, and they were super tiny. And it's like, dude, you spent money on those. And he's like, yeah, they're metal. And I'm like, and. Also, he played a wizard and needed like 30 d6 for his fireball.
2: And yeah, I was going to say, be, depending on what class he, you're he,
1: he would re roll his metal d6 constantly. It's like, dude, just go get 30 plastic d6 and roll those, count it, and we're just, done.
2: Just go get a brick.
1: Yeah. Um, I just sent you guys a link
0: to the bot war website because I want to look at one last thing before we move on. Uh, I'm going to skip aiming for the indie this week because, well, this is an indie, um, but it's just not one that we've talked about before. I just want to have a very quick look at the website. As I said, this is going to kind of count as... We spoke recently about how they re-released... Do I need to play the bumper? Sure. Indie. Definition. Independent. Type. Slang word. Jargon. So, Bot Wars is a game that we've kind of been following on for a little bit, on and off. Uh, I kind of discovered it accidentally about a year and a half ago we spoke with anthony um which is the creator in an interview uh, and then we'd kind of just been kind of following along and seeing how things go a couple of months ago we talked about one of their deceiver sets which used to look like a specific combiner transformer and they've kind of changed it so that it's now more of an earth looking thing uh and it's now definitely more of its own character uh they've been continuing to do this with some of the other lines as well Uh, under infestors this month they've sorry not infestors deceivers um they've re-released uh mega tyrants revenge this month and a lot of these are all very much changed and in their own characters now Uh, It's something that seems to be happening, well, not seems to be, it's something that's happening across the entire line, uh, trying to move away from the, this is my version of certain people, and making it his own thing quite deliberately, um, which I think is a very smart business decision, um, because Hasbro were not exactly unknown for being horrible about certain things. Um, They do have some leniency when it comes to their IPs, but... Not entirely. Um, but I, I kind of wanted to touch on this very briefly because Bot Wars scratches a lot of those nostalgic itches. Because, I mean, it's it's totally not Transformers, uh, but on the tabletop. Um, and the reactions that we got initially was somewhere in the middle of, oh, this is a Transformers game. Awesome. Or um, they're just ripping off Transformers. Which wasn't really a fair comment, but um, they're definitely moving away from that. I mean, it still feels like it's Transformers, um, but very, very, very differently. Um, I've recently made an order for some infestors, which is the insect bot looking guys. So there's an army box down the bottom that comes with the giant looking slug guy and some of the Totally Not Insecticon guys. Uh, and there's a pre-order currently up for the Hive Queen in Resin, which I have pre-ordered. So I'm 100% buying in. Well, not 100%. I'm I'm buying in. I'm not buying everything, as much as one of the other players that I'm going to be playing with wants to continue to tempt me to buy everything. Oh, this is really pretty. No, I've already bought something. Oh, just buy it as well. It'll be fine. No, 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 I don't need lots of stuff. I only need the stuff I've brought. Sorry, I just want to touch on that very briefly, because like I said, one of the only criticisms that we ever heard was, you know, that it looked a little bit too like the thing that it was deliberately looking like, or accidentally looking, or however you want to look at that. Uh, and they're definitely moving away from that. Um, there's a couple of sets that look like they're being redone at the moment. Coils have new stuff coming. Um... The Overlords are kind of largely out of stock at the moment. Red Star Nation is kind of having some stuff redone at the moment. Um, there were some hints in their Facebook group yesterday of some female Beast Lords, which are totally not your Dinobots. Um, yeah, no I'm a very big fan of this. What was that, George? No Grimlock?
1: Well, not specifically Grimlock, but there's there's somebody that feels like Grimlock. Tyrannus. you 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 felt Grimlock? I'm now concerned, Bruce. <laughs> um, I'll just I'll take your word for it. The, uh, the, the web page is not behaving very nicely for me, so I was having trouble looking at it. So my um, Facebook seems to be crashing in my side. Damn those dolphins. Carry the internet faster. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: yeah, that was the last thing I wanted to kind of touch on today. Um. I will touch on the last of the things that I had there next episode. Shall we discuss some hobby type stuff? Dream, bloom, prime, paint. What have you been up to, Captain Socks? given that I know Sorry. that your answer is going to be shorter?
2: <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Moving from one hotel to another on Friday. So, and yeah, because the house is still not done for another two weeks. So, nothing.
0: And he's still trying to pretend like it's not a big deal. Like, he's sitting over there in eight-star accommodation with a pool at, on taxpayers' money.
1: I'd so, oh, no, no, house. no,
0: no, 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 it's, it's really horrible over here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really horrible. Yeah, we really believe you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'd rather be in my house where I could actually do some hobby stuff.
0: Oh, poor hard done by Captain Socks. You can be upgraded to a major when you have a house again. Thanks. What about you, George? You know, when you when your face isn't being impaled on a spike. I got this. That's still the only thing that's arrived? Yep. So is that, like, have you had confirmation of everything else being posted or is that the only thing they have posted so far?
1: So, so they They did the playmat separately because this is how the playmat shipped, Yep. rolled up in a nice triangular box. the The best way to ship a playmat, not folded in half and stuffed on top of a box.
0: Yes, I'll agree with you on that. That was a I'm, little bit i'm
1: gonna I'm, yep. gonna I'm gonna throw a little more shade uh, mythics way because of that and everything else I've been having to deal with with that. um that being said, uh, so uh, C- Seamon. Is very communicative when they have something to communicate. And ever since stuff has been boxed, and they're like, it's it's production's done, it's getting loaded up in containers. Hey, the containers have left. Hey, this contor- container has arrived here, this container has arrived here, these are in customs, blah, blah, blah. So the US has got three or four containers unloaded, Europe's still got some issues, um, costs, and stuff like that. So the container. The mats were, they said the mats are going to show up first because that's shipping separate from everything else because of what it is and how it's shipped. So everything, uh, Australia's got their stuff, Asia's got their stuff, you know, Canada, like, they haven't even started unpacking the containers yet. You know, the U.S. has got three quarters of the containers done. So, I mean, it's a process. Uh, They said delivery was going to be June, I think. That's not too bad, given that we're still in the middle of fighting everything. So yeah, they said delivery in June. We're here at the beginning of August, so there are approximately a month and a half. The stuff is shipped. It's not on doorsteps in June like they said, but it has shipped. It is being unpacked, and you know, parts of it have been delivered. So, um, all in all, really good, I think. Um, I, mean, you I, have
0: I to remember Seamon, So as far as the company is concerned, once they're yeah, yeah, the game won't exist anymore. Um, well. I, I did that little shade on behalf of Justin because he's still bitter about the <laughs> fact that they that they ruined Song of Ice and Fire, uh, which is just I don't understand how you could r- ruin Ice and Fire. It was money, but anyway,
1: as HBO in season
0: eight. No, no, no. they've just completely thrown Simon uh, basically against a brick wall, and no, sorry, Simon's thrown the game against a brick wall, and just seems to be very confused as to why it shattered and is not working anymore. Um, right that's
1: what i'm saying hbo managed to ruin it too with season eight so <laughs> um well I, i'm i'm very looking forward I, i've got a, a group of two guys that you know d- they they want to play games so i'm you know i'm looking forward to getting it and, and showing it off and getting some games in yeah that because everyone I've, I've 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 said yeah i'm getting this game and they're like what's it about and i'm like well like this and they're like that sounds amazing. Yeah, so... It really does.
0: I, I came very close on that one. I don't regret not buying it, but I did come very close.
1: Yeah. Um, but my prejudice. Yeah. Uh, uh, of the games I have coming, uh, it, it's I'm still very excited about it, and it's you know at the bottom of my list. You know, the one game that. We are both super excited for. it. They haven't even, you know, launched the Kickstarter yet. So, oh, and I don't think they will for at least a few months.
0: Yeah, while the other one is still on Game Pub, Game Found, Game too. Found, that one too.
1: Yeah. Um. So. Uh. That's about it. Um. I'm I'm gonna make a concerted effort to start paying some of my SFB because well, it's primed and ready to go. So there's no reason for me not to. So. Um. I guess it's my turn then. Yeah, so yesterday I
0: built and began painting my Don't Look Back stuff that I unboxed a week and a half ago. Now, videos on the channel, you should check that out. Um, I'm really, really falling in love with this. It's the models go together really easily, they're not complicated. Not that that surprises me because they were two piece models um the resin's all very smooth there's no like massive holes i have found one that had a hole which was on the inside where it connects to the other piece so it was like i don't care because i'm never going to see it um and given like resin is something that just has holes in it quite frequently like there's just it's just a fact of life and i had pretty much no issues at all throughout the entire thing um takes the paint really really well Um, you could essentially wash paint them if you really, really wanted to. Um, I have made an order for some expansions. Um, I did go down that route with some of my tax return. So I have the alien one coming. I have the, uh, chainsaw massacre one coming. Um, and I have the side characters one coming, uh, just to add more depth into the game. Uh, the side character one kind of replaces some tokens with some actual minis, which I thought was cool, um, including a guy that's carrying pizza boxes, who's definitely going to be the first one to die because it's a horror movie. Um, see, I haven't had a lot. I've only had one day off over the last two weeks, really, um, and most of that was spent playing D&D Sleeping. Day, so it's not been a great chance... Uh, I've been doing some hobby with some other people from Victoria. We're in lockdown again at the moment so um, my plans to play Bushido got ruined again um, for like the third time in a row <laughs> um, so we we kind of we were on Discord doing hobby and stuff and that's when I was doing my hobby last night and that's when we were talking with the owner of Botwarf. Um Hence why I decided to, well that's not the only reason I decided to show it off. I wanted to talk about the infested stuff anyway. But looking into it, I was more like, actually, I think there's a better story here, which is why I concentrated on the everything's kind of moving away from the what felt like was copy stuff where every time you talked about something, it was totally not this and totally not that. So I'm kind of, I like, I like seeing where things are going on that. And it's, it's now that I actually have people that are playing it. It's nice to actually know that I'm actually going to be able to play the game as opposed to I bought some stuff and it's been sitting on a shelf ever since. <laughs> Which is yeah. it's not no, unusual. No, that feeling goes. It's not unusual for me. I mean, I do that with things a lot, but I don't buy them with the intention of them because it's just, you get excited for things. It's like, oh yeah, but nobody's playing it. Or there are people yeah. that's playing it, but they're people that I'm not interested in playing with.
2: Um, well, you live to no country like, or new part of the country like me and no one's playing it and you got to find a group that plays it. Oh no, no, they're all playing it.
1: They're just not telling you.
2: That may be the case too.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they listen to the podcast and they're like, "Oh, no." That's the is that moving over
2: there. Yeah, he's, he's moving. I mean,
1: it's, it's the same thing happened <laughs> to George. George used to
0: live in a state with millions of people, and they all moved out of Wyoming because they found out that he was there. Yep. <laughs> Thank God. The moment that he, the moment that he was born, everybody left the state. <laughs> um. Shall we discuss some game stuff? It's finally the last time to talk about Dropfleet for a little while.
1: Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me, Bruce.
0: All right, so we're discussing the resisty again. Um, follow-up from last week. That's why I had my phone in my hand a minute ago. Um, there has been an update on the rules of the Dreadnought we are not going to share with you. Don't worry, Lewis, I'm not going to be that guy. Um, thank you to Lewis again for last time and so sorry for scaring you for sharing more information than you wanted us to (laughs) um we were talking on discord and we've introduced a new rule for any any fleets that feature me uh there's now a special bruce rule the bruce rule is that if you don't roll a one when you needed something higher you need to re-roll your result if you succeed a second time your ship will automatically explode and it takes out seven random ships, regardless of their location. Your opponent is now permitted to laugh at you, laugh at your misery. If you can write a rule that still sounds like a rule but is completely horrible, that sounds meaner than that. Reach out to me because I'd love to read it.
1: I wrote that. Did Lewis really seriously write that rule for you? No, I wrote it That's it, a joke. I did challenge Lewis oh, to write something saying, better. That you sounds did.
2: like something Lewis would do.
1: Oh, yeah, I know. I was going to say, after, after what happened and everything, I would not be surprised if he was just like, all right, this, this rule's for you, Bruce. It's going to ruin your life. <laughs> I would not be shocked at that.
0: I did challenge Lewis to try and write something better, but he just hasn't had the time because work's been hectic, which I kind of suspected would happen when I challenged him, but... Yeah. Um, so we are going to talk about some monitors. So the monitors is, why can I not find the monitors? Because I'm in the wrong thing.
1: Yeah. What battle group did they go into? Cause I was looking to, and I didn't see
2: them. They're lights. So pathfinders or your, uh, oh, what's the first battle? Thanks. group? Thanks socks. You're welcome.
0: All right. So we have the Newton and the Galileo. I'm going to start on the Newton.
2: I thought you were going over the Seneca too
0: yes i am going to i'm getting there
2: okay i just had the seneca pulled up so i was just like wait a second then
0: you can read the seneca all right fine i said so i was going for the monitors first
2: (laughs) (laughs) we'll go with the newton first
0: all right the newton is 45 points uh it's an eight inch scan four inch sig four inch thrust it's got a hull of four i'm sensing a theme here armor of four plus point defense of two two grouping of two to three um and it's a light it's got a special rule of monitor it has an xn40 god ray orbital mass driver god ray is possibly one of the weirdest names i've heard in a while for a weapon makes complete sense to me um it's got a lock of three plus it's one attack three damage uh front arc and it's got the particle special rule, which we've covered a couple of times uh and then there's another one which is for bombardment which is where it kind of makes sense it's the god ray because it's shooting down onto the planet lock of two plus one attack three damage front bombardment
2: bye bye sectors
0: oh yeah Um, it's pretty much... It's the only reason you attack this, is because you want
2: Especially especially if you're bringing a a minimum of two, up to three. I mean, any section you hit is pretty much toast.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's... 45 points each, it's fairly affordable, too. Do you want to cover the
1: Galileo, George? Yeah, I'll... I'll, Oh, bollocks. Uh, yeah, I will talk about the Galileo. Uh, Galileo was a a song lyric from, uh... Oh, wait. No, wrong Galileo. (laughs) Uh, the Galileo... Is an orbital telescope, and I don't have a pretty picture for it. Uh, It has a scan of 12, something besides Shaltari with a huge scan. Uh, Signature of 4, thrust of 4, hull of 4, armor of 4, point defense of 2, group of 1 to 2, tonnage, light, special monitor, detector, open, rare. Um, Is there anything else special we could throw onto that list real quick, because that's got just about everything. (laughs) <laughs> um, um, with the exception of the group, uh, all the other stats of that are uh, divisible by two. Uh, oh, uh, the special. Um, this has no weapon. It can't go pew pew. It is a space telescope. When this ship uses the active scan special order, the target ship receives a major spike ins- instead of a minor spike. That's huge, literally. Oh. Uh- <laughs> If the target ship is if the target ship is on silent running and successfully revealed, it receives a minor spike. That's huge. Um additionally, place a telescope token on that ship. A ship may have only one telescope token. You remove the telescope token when that ship's group is targeted by a single friendly group. If so, the firing the firing group's weapon system targeting that ship scores critical hits when exceeding their lock value by one rather than two. For example, a weapon with a three-up lock will cause a critical four, and a weapon with five will cause a critical hit on a six. If you're taking the resistance and this
0: is not in your fleet, I don't understand why. At 45 points, this with you? you
1: must take. Um, I'd so argue this might be the points, most important ship to the resistance range. Um, I would have to agree with that, especially when you add that up to 90 points for two. So specifically against a scourge opponent what? this can wreck them so bad Man, yeah. that will never scourge. win another game again.
2: You going to let me
1: ruin your life Bruce.
2: We never Just do it. it.
1: So the scourge are notorious for having you know average a little bigger than average signatures but they they can move silent. They have a lower than average scan. This has got a great scan. So this could reach out, take you out of your stealth, and make it so your big, scary god ray can go right through you. Uh, It couldn't do much about the ones with
0: stealth, because they cannot get spikes. Right. Uh, Well, it depends on which rule. One of them is that you cannot get spikes, and the other one is that you cannot get anything more than a minor spike. I don't remember which is which without looking, Uh, but it would still help with the other ships, because it's not all of the ships that have that.
1: Yeah, So, but to take... To take a ship out of Silent Running and give it a spike... Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's huge. That's, that's pretty huge. Yeah. Um. That's just going to completely ruin somebody's plans. In my opinion, the only faction that this does not give you a huge advantage against is Shaltari. Because their shield based based off the way- big thing. Huh? Because shields is the bigger thing for Shaltari. Well, and they already have that scan range of 12... And so when this can see and put a spike on, a Shaltari ship is already in range and maybe already has a spike on it because it's gone weapons-free and is unloaded with 8 to 12 dice. Yeah. So um, for anyone but Shaltari, I'd say this is a must-take ship for your resistant list resistance list to make shooting easier. Um, but uh, knowing what the other ship is that Captain Sauce is going to talk about, that one, I think, is also just as important as well. Uh, so Thank you. Got your,
2: yep. So you got your Seneca, which is a detonator for 22 points. So, so uh, I think this is a ladder class, uh, the new style of ladders. Uh, Scan of four, signature of two, thrust of 12, two hull points, four armor plus, uh, armor four plus, one point defense, grouping of one to three, and a ton, tonnage of light. It has atmospheric, outlier, and launch. Uh, no weapons on this. It does have a launch of three w- of fire ships. Um, so we kind of talked about those last uh, episode uh, with the launch for the resistance. But uh, its special ability is explosive. When the ship is destroyed, it suffers catastrophic damage, as if it had a whole six d3 inch. Uh, additionally, this ship does not count towards your fleet's launch capacity. So pretty oh, nice. To... That's it. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. So perfect. yeah. I two, mean Two groups of these, two separate groups of these, and have six launch six fireships above your launch value. They, oh. That doesn't count towards you. So, yeah, I've got another launch of ten fighters and bombers, and I've got six of these that I don't care about. And we blow blows up, real bad.
1: And if I remember correctly, too, the fire ships—they've uh, got their own special little stuff too for just uh, yes, the do. The, the, they're not just a normal fighter-bomber launch. No, they're not. they special thing, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I think, I, to not a bad choice. Choice. I think they're, enough take. they're, they're a must-take.
2: Because it's, it's, so, it's six points for, for, for all three of them, that's nine launch. It doesn't count towards your overall.
1: Right. And it blows up bigger than it should. Um, it has a thrust of 12, so it's pretty quick um it's got two holes so it's not just a one and done you know you got to hit it twice to make it go splody it will splody better um what is the what does the fire ship launch do do we do we have that up real quick uh i can go and grab it again as your arm magically disappears oh and there's your there's your little koala cute little hoodie thing (laughs)
2: look
1: at his
0: cute hoodie Um, when you buy these, you get six in the box, so you could easily, like, you just buy one of these, and you've got two groups of them right there.
1: Oh, the other important thing is, it is an outlier, so, uh, it doesn't, wait. So they have to be together, but they don't have to be together with everything else. Yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, like, wait, open is the, yeah, no, so, yeah, outlier. So you can have all three of these in a group go together and just be like, we're off to go blow you up. Blow you up. Yeah, that w- you up.
2: That way they don't take up their own group.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. Could you imagine these going up with, like, a freaking uh, heavy cruiser? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no reason or, why you wouldn't want these all traveling together anyway. I mean, or battle cruiser. Yeah. God, could you imagine the chain reaction they could cause, too? Oh, look. This one blows up, and it makes this one blows up, and this one blows up, and they're all blowing up. My ships do that by themselves. I don't, I don't need help.
2: Well, does you give you even more helpers,
1: So... Yeah, I, I remember when we first talked about these when they first came out, and it was just like... When we found out what Fireship was, we are like, oh, yeah, no, these are these are amazing. These are better than the Galileo. The Galileo is nifty, snazzy, cool, that makes things easier. Um, I don't... You don't we, want... And then when you compare it to the, the... The Newton is niche. Yeah. Or neat, or however you call it. it. It's usable, but it's not a must-take. I'd say the... the the Galileo, it's 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 a pretty must-take, but it's not absolute. The Seneca Detonators, if you're not taking them, why are you playing the game? So, I mean, the Resistance Fireship has 6-inch
0: thrust, 2-plus lock, 1 attack, 3 damage.
1: Yeah, 2-plus lock, 3 damage. Yeah. Holy cow. And you get 3 of those per. So that's 9 in your little group. Yeah. And that... That little group of three explodes even better. Th- th- this little group, for lack of better words, because it's fire ships, this little battle group is a Molotov cocktail.
2: Yeah, that's a good that's way to put, put
1: very it. Big. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And, uh, and, it's, it's a little...
2: Go ahead, Socks. And when you can get two groups of three each for 136, 132 points, if I did my math right, that's not uh, bad.
1: 22, 44, 66, uh, one... Uh, uh, yeah, something like that. I'm going to give a better
0: explanation. When you can buy two groups of three for £20, why would you not include this in the list? Yeah. um, <laughs> That's an even better way to put it. Um, Wait, seriously, for those following along at home, here's a, here it is on the video. £20, you get six of them. Why would you not include this in your list? It's not even costing yeah. you a lot of money.
1: And, 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 and normally, you know, like in a lot of these games, you know, it's like you're spending points on your assets. You want to, you want your assets to survive and be as effective as possible. These you use their thrust of 12, you get them in your opponent's face and you dare your opponent to blow them up. Yeah. And atmospheric. And they ha- and they have atmospheric. And you know, they've got the fire ships which are uh two up lock, three damage on a one shot. Uh oh.
2: Question, since they're atmospheric, most launch assets cannot go into the atmosphere. But since these are already in the atmosphere, would you say that their launch assets are able to go atmospheric? Uh,
0: you need to have a rule on the weapon itself.
1: Yeah.
2: I, I think you're right uh, there.
1: Uh, yeah, the, there's nothing on the special. In order, for, in order for something, the ship can go atmospheric, but the weapon is weapon is not atmospheric it treats as though it's shooting into atmosphere. That's so, a very good right. question. Because if they can't, what's the point of them being able to go into atmosphere? Yeah, because essentially, I think the launch becomes useless then at that point. Yeah. it can't go atmosphere.
2: Yeah. That's, that's why I was wondering, if it's already in atmosphere. Lewis, Lewis help, us, help us out here.
1: Yeah, Lewis, please uh, clarify on this. Uh, should this launch asset should have atmospheric? My opinion, no, it should not have atmospheric. It's already going to do enough going the atmosphere and go explody. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think these launch assets should should have atmospheric. I don't think they. Well, you should have have, atmospheric.
0: It just means that you can use them to take out strike carriers. I don't see why that's such a bad thing. I mean, it uh, wouldn't
1: because it's because it's in theory for twenty pounds of for six of them. It's going to be, no, no, socks, we're talking uh, 18 launch. No. That does not count towards your, toward your launch value oh, that oh, you can oh. use in
2: it. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah, that could potentially go atmospheric and, and wreak havoc 30. on strike carriers.
0: Ready? I have 30.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. not rare, so you could take four or five groups if you wanted to.
1: Go spend 40 pounds. You have 12 of these. I don't think it would be worth taking that many.
2: I don't know if it would be either, unless you're playing like a, a battle, uh, the battle size grouping, or battle-sized I mean, list.
0: Just, these things are going to do a lot of damage, um, and especially with the, when it's destroyed, it suffers catastrophic, where nothing else of its size does. Um, but at the same time, each of them only have two... Ho- oh. They've got a 12-inch thrust, Bruce. Well, it's not so much that. I was going to say that, like, they're just not going to survive, but then they're not surviving isn't a bad thing anyway.
2: No, not when they get yeah. as if they had a hole of six. You want
1: these to blow up. You want to launch, you know, in a group of three of these, you want to want, launch your nine fighters and bombers and do some damage, and then you want your opponent to blow you up. And they're going to blow you up because they don't want you to have those nine fi- fighters-bombers anymore. that are dealing crap loads of damage at two up, three damage. So they're going to make you blow up and then you're going to go catastrophic and you're going to blow up more. I don't have a problem if you can launch assets in atmosphere
0: for this, because I think you'd be silly to do that to start with, because why are you taking out strike carriers when you could be taking out bigger things? I mean, yes, no, I, I like, too. I actually, th- I could use these to take out George's gates and it means that he can't score. But at the same time, while I'm doing that, I can't take out any of his bigger ships, and his bigger ships are the ones that's going to table me at the end of the day. Um,
2: going uh, until... to stick them down in atmosphere until.
0: Hear what Luke, what, what he has to say about.
2: This. there's some, you to, You may put them in a, like a submarine. You put them in the areas, and then you put uh, shoot them up into the low atmosphere and take Not out ships.
1: My... Did you guys just get my message I sent you?
2: Nope. That would be cool.
1: Because you kamikaze these.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm just saying. You, you put them over. Yeah. You put them over sectors oh, or wherever yeah. in the in the game to just sit there until they're ready to pop up and and wait for the havoc to happen.
0: Because these these are the thing I like about these is that these are something that you don't care about them being destroyed because when they're destroyed they still do something. So yes, you're daring somebody to destroy them, but at the same time they're also a ship that you can't ignore. Because they're going to continue no. doing damage until you destroy them.
1: That's what I'm saying. With the with that, you know, With the oh, three, you don't like three. me doing damage? Come and destroy me then. Come and de- oh, you're not going to do that? Exactly. Well, he had more damage. Exactly. That group of nine fire ships hitting on twos, dealing three damage each shot. Twos. Even you're going to hit with a lot of those and deal some damage. So Ultimately, you're going to get. I will probably do an average of three damage a turn. It'll be great. <laughs> But 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 statistically, you're you know yeah. you got you know one through six, you're gonna get two ups real easily. Uh, two and three is a normal hit. Four, five, six is a critical at three damage. Your opponent is gonna want to take these out. And then, but uh, when you... they take them, up, if you're gonna you know catastrophic damage right next to your ship, because I'm not gonna like try to get away. No, I'm gonna ram them down your throat and dare you to blow them up.
2: Especially in their skin is only four four inches, so they have to get within four inches to lo- launch their fire ships at you. Yeah. So you, oh, well. as a resistance player, this is your piece of resistance where you're going to have one, maybe two good turns with him before you're going to pretty much clear an entire sector because either by fire ships or detonation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the these are to the resistance as the was it the Topaz is to the Shaltari. Yeah. You can't ignore them, and they're going to hurt. Wait, is it the Topaz?
2: No, you're thinking of uh, no, the, Amethyst. The, Amethyst. Yep. the Amethyst. Your favorite ship. Yeah. How did yeah. you forget about your favorite ship, there, George?
1: I have not. I have not played a game of Drop Fleet since well, we uh, we were doing another podcast. Yeah, that one.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just realized that there's one last ship that I said we were going to cover. Oh yeah. What's it called? Oh yeah,
2: the Centurion,
0: which I am bringing up right now, and we will cover very, very quickly.
1: Where's the Centurion?
0: It's on the it's UCM
1: page. PHR page. And oh that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: The one that resistance players hate that UCM and PHR can take.
1: And they can't because it's yeah, I could see that. I could see the hatred there. Hatred? No. It's worse than that. No i can't find it all
0: right all right ucm resistance centurion this ship is exactly the same for both why are we covering it under resistance because we didn't cover it previously i don't quite it's it it doesn't matter. reasons it's the end of this particular section of the thing so i'm covering it now four inch scan six inch signature seven inch thrust seven inch thrust is a really weird number Mm 14 hull two plus armor Point defense of three, and it's got groupings of one to two. This has ablative armor. So this is the first time we had seen the ablative armor, where it's like really, really good until it's not. Uh, It's a heavy ship. It has an XN-31 Mass Driver turret. It's got a lock of two plus, two attacks, one damage each. Uh, They are on the front and sides, and it's got Fusillade two. You also have an N-31 Hybrid Gun Battery. On the port and starboard side of the ship. I love the fact that they actually say that instead of left and right. They are both. Four plus lock. Six attacks, one damage each. They are linked, obviously. NC3 uh, missiles, which are the usual ones. Four plus lock. Two attacks, one damage. Close action. Um, this one was 135 points. This is kind of the first ship that we got that looked different too. Yep, yeah. Um, I still think this is gorgeous I think I still have one of these somewhere
2: I've got two of them sitting around somewhere
1: I know I've definitely got them I don't know if I've ever built them Um, You know know know. it's going to be really frustrating for resistance players It says resistance in the name of the ship (laughs) and they can't (laughs) Here's a UCM resistance centurion Oh you can't use it though resistance even though it literally has your faction name in it
2: Or PHR resistance centurion same thing. <laughs> I'm
0: kind of half expecting that might change at some point, personally. but you know what? No, no. I, I don't. Actually, leave it. I don't think the resistance need this. I mean, there's nothing bad about this, but they've they've got better options.
1: They can build their own things. They don't need. They
2: things. have one that's very similar that we talked yeah. about when we went over um, the Centurion Grand Cruiser.
1: Yeah. So it's so that being said though. I, I still think this ship should be available to the Resistance because this is pre conquest. Like I said, this is something that I, I have a feeling might change at some point.
2: No, they actually have it. It's the Resistance Centurion Grand Cruiser, but instead of the turret being underneath like it is for the PHR and UCM, the turret is on top. But it's the exact oh. same stats. It's the exact same stats.
1: Oh, okay, interesting. Well, then never mind that.
2: Well, other than they've got Remnant as one of the special rules. But other than that, it's the exact same point stats. Uh You're lying. it's not the same at all.
0: You're a liar. Well, other than remnant. Apart from the fact that it's different, it's completely the same.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Shall we discuss some upcoming events? Um
1: yeah. <laughs> You forgot
0: about that again, didn't you? You still haven't sent that to me, by the way. <laughs> um, okay. So, UK Games Expo is over, but PAX Australia is still coming, hopefully. Um, October, Friday the 8th until Sunday the 10th. Um, Drop Zone Facebook competing competition finishes tomorrow, technically. Uh, it's today for me, but it's tomorrow for everybody else. So um, if you
1: hear this, it's over. Hmm? If you're hearing this, it's over, essentially. No, well, the audio version will be live before it's over, but not this. Right, but, I mean, it's, yeah, you'll have eight hours. Pretty much. (laughs)
0: Um, Otherwise, as always, we'd like to thank those that support us, uh, especially those that uh, are able to support us on Patreon. It's what helps keep the lights on and pay all of the bills that is associated with running this. Um, if you're in a position where you feel comfortable to do that, please visit patreon.com gettingtabled Um, we would love to get to a point where this becomes self-sufficient, um, or even have things that we can kind of invest back into the quality of our feeds. Um, facebook.com slash If you would like to follow us on social media, that's the best place to do it. We are on Instagram and Twitter at getting tabled. It's not quite as active, but we are still there. Uh, if you would like to reach out to the team, uh, reach out to us at gettingtabled at gmail.com. If you're a small business that wants to get a little bit of focus uh, or if you have questions for the team, uh, anything like that, just reach out. If you would like to watch the video version of this podcast, you can do that by searching Getting Tabled on YouTube. Um, it is a video exclusive for our Patreons until the following weekend, but they all go onto our
1: YouTube feed. where they are like the first 15 to 20 results at this point. And, and 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 to be honest, you know, we are kind of entertaining in our you know gesticulations when we're talking stuff. I do think it's the better version of the, the better version of it.
0: Yeah, if you're in a position um, where you can watch, then it's it's a good way to do it. You should
1: watch us. We promise. We wear t-shirts and stuff. It's not weird stuff.
0: Well, I don't know if Captain Sox is. He's not on camera, yeah. so I can't
1: say. Well, we can't verify that right now. Don't, don't, don't tell us whether or not. You know, just oh, oh. Um,
2: that could
1: have gone so many different ways. <laughs> Turn it off. I don't want. No, oh wait, I can't. There, there. No. Oh uh, dear. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and then our website: gettingtable.weebly.com. So, gentlemen, I think that's it for this We're installment. Out. You can totally tell you're in a hotel, though, because the walls are taupe. Yep. Seriously, a, I, I challenge you to Here's go to a hotel I mean. and find walls that are not that color.
2: Uh, very rare. This is George trying to
0: figure out how thank that you.
1: happened.
0: Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. you know I mean? <laughs> thank you. For listening to Getting Table. music used in this podcast was created by Eric
1: Mataris
0: at soundimage.org.
1: Play more games.